Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This podcast is powered by SportString. Your digital water cooler. Hey, goats. In this episode of Stay Fierce, I had the privilege of interviewing the founder of Highlight Her, Ariel Chambers. Ari is a big time sports journalist, a Forbes 30 Under 30 honoree, a model, a black belt, and even a beauty pageant winner. In this episode, you will hear her passion for amplifying the voices of women and telling the stories that need to be heard. Plus, we get to learn what she really thinks about candy corn. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Everyone should take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that is high quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus it costs less than $3 per day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Colorcast is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and free to use. Talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and even reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app 
free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter account, and join the league. Hey guys, welcome to the Stay Fierce podcast with Coach Val. I want to welcome Ariel Ari Chambers, journalist, founder of Highlight Her, Forbes 30 Under 30 honoree. She was also recently named as one of 100 influential Black women in sports by Sports Illustrated. She is a one-woman social media powerhouse and epitomizes ferocity. Welcome to Stay Fierce. Ah, thank you for saying I epitomize ferocity. That's exciting. <laughs> you do, girl. I was reading up on y'all. I'm stalking you. You're like my <laughs> new. I, I seriously am. I've been stalking you this last, these past couple weeks. But I, I mean, that. you're you are a superhero. I don't know if you realize that. And and every superhero has an origin story. For example, I got I got cut from cheerleading in seventh grade, and and then my math teacher said, "Hey, try basketball," and that's how I got started. Well, look at the math teacher saving the day. I know, Mr. Perlman. Mr. I have a lot. I I am right. so thankful for him. Plus, I was like six feet tall in seventh grade. So, did you play basketball at all? So I never played basketball. I was, I cheered competitively my whole life. So everybody is like, I, I think coming into the age where they're realizing that cheerleading is a sport and I'm so happy oh, because I only knew the sport version of cheerleading. It was undeniably a sport for me since I was four years old because we didn't cheer for people. We competed every weekend. It was kind of like an AE situation. You would practice during the week and you would compete on the weekends. And it's such an underground thing that I want people to have more mainstream, but I grew up in a gym off of Western Boulevard, which is down the street from North Carolina State University, and Kathy Bucky owned the gym when I was growing up, and she was also the head cheerleading coach at NC State, so oh, knowing nice. that that was a lifelong dream of it was so full circle for me, and yeah, it's something I took professionally too, and it led me into covering basketball on a professional level because being at Madison Square Garden and seeing the discrepancy between the Knicks games and the Liberty games, I'm like, what is happening? This is still the world's most famous arena with the most elite athletes coming in and out, and I decided I needed to do something about it. But yeah, cheerleading was my sport and volleyball too. So I wore number seven. I was really nice at volleyball. I was a middle hitter, but mainly middle blocker. Hitting was like, I'm, I'm, I'm a decent hitter, but blocking was my thing. Well, how tall are I you? I am six feet, six one. I would be listed as six two, but I'm six feet. Wait, isn't that tall for a cheerleader? It's tall for a cheerleader, but you know what? It's, it's crazy because I started so young that I learned how to get my limbs over my head in the right yeah. way. I, I learned the proper. I was actually, I have a gymnastics background too, but because I was wow. literally five feet in third grade, eight years old, I was five feet. They were like, this probably is not going to be the sport for you. And then by the time I was in sixth grade, I was five, five, the first day of sixth grade. And I shot up to five eleven by 13. So it was never going to be a thing that was sustainable for gymnastics. So having that form and knowing that I have a cheerleading background too, it's like cheerleading was just my way of thinking. People don't know this Taekwondo. I, I did Taekwondo the same time as when I started cheerleading. And my parents used to say, in order to go to cheer practice, you had to go to Taekwondo. So I'm a first degree black belt. And Taekwondo actually taught me a lot of um, body control and, and tumbling mm-hmm. skills, shockingly. Me with cheerleading. Dang. What don't okay, model, <laughs> pageant winner, you know, like what don't you do? Yeah. So I so I walk down the street. Sing. I'm I cannot like, sing. Safe. I cannot sing, but yes, I can you hold you down sing? inside the street, even though 
No, I can't sing worth, worth my life. It's so bad. I don't know why I cannot hold a single note. So it makes you appreciate singers more then. Because so, so you bad. started you, you're talking about how you saw the discrepancy when you were when you were um working for the New York Liberty and the in the Knicks and mm-hmm. the difference between how women's sports was co- were covered and men's sports were covered and how, what's the timeline between that and you're telling pro athletes stories and then starting highlight her? Because how people write about it, they make it sound easy. Like Bleacher Report just called you up one day and was like, "Hey, come come start highlight her with us." So I started writing articles about girls basketball when I was in high school, and I was the you know newspaper copy editor, and I did that, and I was the girls basketball manager. Then when I got to college, obviously I was an athlete, I couldn't do that, but. After graduation, um, I moved up to New York and then started at MSG. And because I went to, I went to a draft and I was talking to somebody from ESPN and they said nobody's really going to take you seriously if you're a cheerleader. So what I did was started writing about basketball, and so I proved that I knew the X's and O's of the game. And Howard Megdal actually gave me that opportunity to write. Back then it was called Summit Hoops, and then it went to High Post Hoops, and now it's the next and the nine. And so I started writing about basketball. And then as I'm doing this, I mean, I'm still cheering. I'm still, like, tossing shirts in the middle of the games. But a lot of the players knew me, so I would just go to their rooms and start recording it and posting on online. So, like, from 2015 on, it was a – let me tell their stories. Let me figure this out. Let me post online and hope for the best. And it was a constant grind, mind you. I would have, you know, the Knicks games, we would have to be in the arena at 3 o'clock, and then I wouldn't leave the arena till 11 p.m. or sometimes 11.30. And then our media days when they was at, in Bristol, I would rent the car and drive on up and have to be there by 7 a.m. after I had uh, to be at the arena the day before at 11 and just wow. grinding it. It was, it was a true grind. And I was so happy that Wayne, um, he was my videographer at the time. We were in it in, in it for the long run. And, and he was able to help film some things for me when I, you know, my cell phone wasn't sufficient. And just being so persistent, relentless in my pursuit of telling these stories. Uh, years and years passed. And then it wasn't until 2018 where I applied for a WNBA role that they said I wasn't fit for. And I was mm. devastated. I was mm-hmm. devastated. The social media rollout. Well, why is this happening to me? I called up LaChina. She said, you can feel bad about yourself for a day. Then you figure it out. I promise you something better is coming your way. And that was the biggest blessing for me, being denied that opportunity that I thought that I needed. It was the opportunity I just, I was like, this is the one for me. This is made for me. And it was, it was made for me. But God was like, nah, bigger. And so because I had been posting these interviews with players for so many years and and because I have an editorial background, I can write. I was an English major and a communication major. And so I have two degrees. Bleacher was like, hey, they did. They called me. They said, hey, um, we, we want to build a women's platform. Do you want to build it? Wow. And so May 2019 is when I was um, when I started Bleacher Report and I built the highlight her from the ground up and it was a one woman band for 18 months. But what I will say about that, as you're being tested, as you're having to make people believe, as long as your passion doesn't change, you'll be just fine. I mean, there are so many days where I was 
drowning. There are so many days where I'm like, why is this happening? But then I look and I'm like, the women's game isn't where it needs to be. Um, storytelling wise, visibility wise, investment wise. So I got to keep going because I care so much about these people who pour into me or this generation of players are still playing that can pour into other people. And I know the importance of that. And so why would I do a disservice to the world by not trying to push the game forward in the way I know how? And so that's how I am, how I am, how I am today. That's so that's inspirational. And it's also a test of your faith when you think that the opportunity that you wanted so badly and you're like, this is what I wanted. And God was like, no, I got something bigger for you. And for you to just stand still Always and wait for your, you know, stand still. And, and, it, and it happened, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, that gave me chills. It really, it really gave me chills. Yeah. I, I, so, you know, I'm, I'm a girl from the South. You know, God's the summer. I always am like, God, God, God. And I know that faith and fear can't coincide. So I just have mm-hmm. to relinquish the control that I've ever had. And so, and trust him with that. I saw that you said that. Um, I was reading yesterday when I was stalking you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a question <laughs> answer on, one, <laughs> on your, um, for your, when you're Miss North Carolina International and you said faith and fear cannot coincide, can't be at the same time. I was like, oh, that's so deep. I'm going to show that. I'm going to use that for my kids when they are in that situation. So I'm on, I don't know if you know, I'm on TikTok as um, Coach Val and my- Okay, Coach Val, TikTok, we love that for you. Yeah, we, we, um, we, I follow Highlight Her and Highlight Her follows me, but I think it's, it's not you that I talk to when I talk to someone over there, but um, my account is dedicated to the female athlete, to uplifting, whether it's Mm -hmm. funny skits or I may, like I did a video on the lawsuit, winning the U.S. national team winning the lawsuit this this month. But I attract a lot of trolls, and most of my trolls mm-hmm. are white teenage boys, Generation Z. Which I'm so surprised that that'll be different now because girls playing sports is the norm. Do, do you ever have that issue with with highlight her with trolls? Highlight. Highlight Her has a unique position because we came from catering to the women's sports fan and really knowing that. And, you know, me not wanting to deal with that, have blocked people. I am not afraid of the block button, Coach Val. I am not afraid (laughs) of that. Um, What we've done is we've cultivated an audience that if we were to have trolls, they handle it. I see a lot of discussions in the comments they will handle it. But the whole point of Highlight Her is to be a community where we feel safe enough to be excellent in the space, where we feel safe enough that like we can praise women's sports and, and do it in a way unapologetically. And then if it does happen to have like those trolls come in, I either get like I either get to it, my programmers get to it, or the our our family gets to it in the comments and handles that thing with a quickness, okay? Yeah. With the quickness. Yeah, it's nice when you're you're someone's in the comments like fighting for you. You know, yep. sometimes I have to clap yep. back. I'm like, dang, I'm 50 years old, clapping back at a 12 year old. But I don't know. Sometimes I just yes, feel like. No, clap back. Clap back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, my clapbacks were actually so good. They thought my son was doing it for me. I was like, no, that's all me. That's all me. But then I'm like, you know what? Let me concentrate you, on the. <laughs> 
and I, I meant to ask this question before um, when you were talking about church, but um, you're living what you're supposed to be doing. Like you are living your purpose. Um, mm-hmm. And I heard you quote Romans 8, 31 in one of, in one of your interviews. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up because I know the verse, but I didn't know it was 831. And it's like, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for mm-hmm. us, who can be against us? I love that that verse and mm-hmm. like, what does it feel like to be, to know that you work, you're walking in his purpose? Like w- w- you wake up in the morning. Is it like, yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm human. So I don't wake up every morning being like, yes, but I do wake up knowing that as much control as I think I have, I don't, but I do know from testimony and through my walk with my faith and through my walk with my God, that every time I think that I'm down and out or every time I think that I have a plan for myself that gets diverted, it always ends up something better, bigger than I can imagine. So no matter what comes from down here, what comes from earth that is trying to form a weapon against me, because he's promised that the weapons wouldn't prosper. He never promised they wouldn't form. So (laughs) no matter what weapons form against me, they're not going to prosper because I have that, that, you know, God instilled in me. And then I have my purpose that is undeniable. Like I know why I am here. I know the legacy that I'm going to leave. I know that there's no way that this passion is this sustainable if it's not my purpose. And it's been this way. Like a lot of people see overnight success because, you know, the past two years women's sports has been on the up and up, but I've been actively working at this career since 2008. So that's 14 years in of just steady passion. And that's wild to me, right? If you think about it, that's 14 years of just tirelessly working at the exact same thing day after day. Does it get tiring? Absolutely. Does it get, do I get fed up and I'm like, I'm about ready to do I'm not doing this. I'm about ready to quit. Yeah. But then I look and you can't deny what God has written for you. If it's, you know, if, if you relinquish that control and just walk on your journey, I promise you'll be more fulfilled than what you can ever imagine. And that's where I'm at with it. I'm, I'm, I get tired. I get overwhelmed. I get overworked. But the whole general purpose and premise of why I do what I do is very consistent and it's very clear. And that's another thing, clarity. Like when you pray or when you sit with yourself and just be still, you have those moments of clarity. And then you have those moments with that smash in your face, which, you, which you're supposed to be doing. And I get a lot of those smacking in my face what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's that's where it all comes from. Okay. My parents must be proud. I mean, as a, as a parent myself, if I if my children are walking in their purpose and have are walking in their faith, I I would be my heart would be full, you know. Because a lot of times, mm-hmm. as a young as a parent, you're like forcing your kid to go to church and forcing your kid to pray. But if <laughs> my kid's your age and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, and he has a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to be like, so I know your parents are proud. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny because when I first moved up to New York, it was never a cakewalk. I mean, I people don't know this. I went to UNC Charlotte first, dropped out of school, didn't tell my mama. So let, let's not let's let's Uh-oh. not even act like this was a smooth path because this was not a smooth path. I dropped out of school, did not tell my mama. Uh, like six months later, she was like, "Drop, drop back in, figure that out." I dropped back in, finished my degree, and then went to Oxford and got you know education in the UK. But moved up to New York. Had to sell my instruments to 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 pay rent, 
They were like, if you want to do it, do it your way. They didn't necessarily know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I was a model and a cheerleader. And then it got, I got called to my purpose and it became more and more clear as I'm like, why do, why do these places feel uncomfortable for me? How Why am I getting pushed out of here? And I just had to really, really accept my path as being my path because if not, I would have been sitting in discomfort still in a, you know, in a skirt throwing shirts, which I loved. And I, and I, to the day, I would love to go back, but you know, it's, it's my, my, my purpose has been made more clear, but my parents didn't know what I was doing until I made the purpose. It's not going to even lie to you because now they had no idea. And my dad um, is a mass comm professor at North Carolina Central University. So he had a better idea, but now his mm-hmm. favorite things is being in the bar when the TV is on and he sees my show. And so that's, that's, that's his little glory moment. But my mama is like, she loves everything I do. She doesn't necessarily know what I do, but she just knows her baby is on screen, so she's happy. Oh, <laughs> I try to explain to my parents what I do to like, what's this TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> I know they're. Confused. I barely know TikTok. You are the master at TikTok. <laughs> it's funny where like how things work out. I lost my job two years ago because of COVID and didn't just turn to TikTok and it just, it just took off. I would never thought that I would be this age doing this. And um, yeah, God, God is good. He, and he definitely has a sense of humor. Yes. He's laughing at all of our plans. Cause he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Gotcha. <laughs> so representation is so important and you are out here amplifying um, the voices of women and particularly black women and when I was growing up, I can't remember any black women in sports on the sideline. I remember as I got older, I know Cheryl Miller was working for TNT, but it wasn't it wasn't anybody. And I read about your experience with that the little girl named Liliana and how mm-hmm. it had a profound effect on you. Would you mind sharing that story with us? Yeah. First of all, before I even share the story, just know that this story, I cried for weeks. Like I literally cried for weeks because it happened. But uh, in 2018, Liliana, she was four years old at the time, posed in front of the Maya Moore Jordan brand poster with the arms outstretched and she went viral. So the Lynx invited her to go, or the WNBA invited her to go to the 2018 WNBA All-Star Game in Minnesota. And her dad and I had connected online and he was like, you've got to meet my daughter, Liliana. She reminds me so much of you. And she really did look strangely like me. I'm like, are you sure to say my kid? But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so I um, I met her and she looked at me and she put my media pass around her neck and she just hugged me like I was holding her. And then the next day I ran her to her dad in Mall of America. And he said, all Lily could say was daddy, she has hair just like mine. And mm-hmm. I, when I tell you, it made me emotional for like years. I mean, it still gets me sometimes. Um, but just knowing that I can be that representation, that I don't have to conform to what the traditional forms of journalism, I don't have to conform to the uh, traditional aesthetic on camera, because like, I'm talking to you now, people don't know, because the podcast, I have like a messy bun with like, you know, my curls out, and you just threw it up. And it's great that I can present myself as an attainable look and, and, and present myself as somebody who you see yourself in. And that's 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 the whole goal of it, to not have to change yourself. It's just all about yes. alignment too, but not having to change yourself in order to be successful in a field. 
And Liliana changed my life that day. And that, you know, we, we talk about purpose, but that reaffirmed my purpose. Like I knew that storytelling is something I love. It's something the players deserve, but to know that there's an audience that absorbs it in a different way. And people as young as Liliana could really feel seen like a four-year-old feels seen. And that's, that's super special. You really underestimate what our little people are, are taking in, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. really are. Yeah. I want to switch, it's like, great. I want to change lanes and I want to talk about, um, mental mental illness mental health because you've been mm-hmm. in the media in this in this lane for a while and you've seen the shift of how it's was so stigmatized before and it's more accepted now um most people don't know i actually have mental illness i even took a whole season off of the WBA because of depression so it's it's close to home mm-hmm. for me and when i see someone suffering an athlete i, I really take notice but have you seen, um, have you noticed a shift in how we view athletes with mental illness now than before when you first started? I think we're getting better with it. I think we're accepting the fact that, well, first of all, the entire world is, is because of social media, we're exposed to so much that we probably shouldn't have to process. I think that's something that is, is with athletes and, and non-athletes alike. This is secondhand trauma that we shouldn't be experiencing and knowing that like a league of 80% black women has to deal with not only a pandemic, but the racial injustice that like, that's mortifying. And then you add a mother on top of that and knowing that you have to raise a black child. And today, I mean, that can cause major mental health um, pressures. And then you have people who are just, have just been dealing with a lot of mental health issues. I don't want to say struggles or problems, but with, with their mental health journey and, and they're coming into their own with that. But I, I've seen an awareness that hasn't been here before, but I'm I'm hoping that we keep growing in, in accepting of what the mental health journey looks like and how to heal these players. I think that every player should be required to go to therapy as they're required to go to strength and conditioning because the game is just as much mental as it is physical. I think that every, I think that every person on earth should get free therapy, but you know, that's just me, yes. especially in this country. Free therapy. But as, as athletes in general, training your mind and, and, and really knowing how to heal it and, and cope with different situations, uh, especially being the product of 2020 and beyond in particular, is, is so essential and the quicker we realize that it's, it's a, it should be mandated, the better off a lot of people will be. And then these are people that not only have their own mental health experiences, but are held to such a high regard. How many times do we say the WNBA is on the forefront of everything? How many times do we say the WNBA is so important? That's a lot of pressure too. That's not a pressure for people. Some people didn't ask for that task, right? Some people didn't ask to be put on a pedestal as they inherited this career some just want to play basketball. When dealing with that, that's that's another thing that we don't even consider about the mental part of the game. What about those athletes that are dealing with confidence issues because of, you know, they're on a team that isn't the right fit? Or mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, taking physical or physicality after injury. There's so many different aspects to being an athlete that people don't consider. 
Um, the transition to the league, you, you know, you're at the, the highest of high when you're in college. You obviously have to be in order to consider for the WNBA. Then you're going into a sea of people that you grew up idolizing. Now they're becoming people you play against, and then you're humbled really fast. So there, there's so many different elements. So like, because it's such a sharp um, change to life, these mental health um, aspects need to be considered. It's, like I said before, I think that with with strength and conditioning, with practice, with shoot around, with film, there needs to be therapy. There needs to be, you have to talk to somebody. And even if it's like, it's like, you know, 30 minutes every week, it needs to be a requirement so these athletes can can still show up as their full selves, as their best selves, and, and really execute and live. Yeah, I know. I used to feel pressure because it, when we had a game, it could have been the first time someone saw women's basketball. And I'm like, oh, we got to put on a good show. Got to put on a good show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if mm-hmm. the, young, the women are feeling that way now. I just know I did. And I didn't have the skills to cope. And so it all, the, the mindset skills. And then it eventually moved into depression and not even wanting to play the sports. So it's it's just crucial um, that we see mental health and even sports psychology as something that every athlete should buy in, try to buy into. But some athletes might not even want to do it because it's, oh, it's... it's I mean, you have to be, fine. obviously, you have to be open to therapy yeah. in order for it to work. Yeah, but it's interesting that you say that with the pressures of, hey, this could be the first the first game that other people see. Because I, I didn't even consider that. As I'm listing off all of these things when they need to to relinquish that pressure, I didn't even realize that it could have been somebody's first time watching the game. Okay. Yeah. I'm always like that. Even when I watch the game, I'm like, oh, this is a bad game for women's basketball. I'm still thinking that way now in 2022, because I know we're still, people are still, we're still selling ourselves to fans. At least yeah. hopefully more women will start watching women's sports, but that's another, that's another topic. <laughs> the topic <laughs> it is so do you do you have um anyone that mentors you who do you go to for for coaching um, so it's interesting because i always preach the mentor mentorship situation and i i, I look to the china a lot for it um but i'm guilty of not reaching out as much as i should i i'm guilty of not going into me as much as I should. I'm the first person to admit that self-care is not my strong suit. I get overwhelmed and overworked, but I, I do it because of, um, you know, I, I talked about at the beginning, my my need to think that I control things. Um, but I think the mentorship is super important. Everybody needs a mentor and I and I, I, I live and breathe for my mentees and I, and I love seeing them grow. So I don't think you can make it without a good tribe around you. I think that a lot of my peers are, are good people to keep around because they keep me motivated. They're, they're my tribe. Um, but as far as mentorship, to look towards somebody, I, I would say definitely LaChina and Roz and even you know people closer to my age like Angel Gray and Monica McNutt. They've always been there to like, to like, to like hold me down. And then I have my peers, my Minnesota tribe. I call them my mini tribe and it's Eric Ayala, Jasmine Baker, Jasmine Brown, Princess. And we formed in 2018 that just always hold each other down. 
I have, you know, people close to me that I look forward to. And so it's just, it's really cool to have people who surround themselves with, um, with positivity and, and ground themselves in, in faith and hard work and perseverance and humility along the way. And your tribe, are you mentoring them? Uh, are they just, mm-hmm. you guys mentor each other? So my, my, my tribe, the ones I've lifted, it's kind of like a mutual mentorship. It's like a, hey, this is something that you can help me with. I can help you in this way. And it's just feeding off of each other. Um, obviously, like when I first met LaChina, I walked up to her and I said, you're my goals personified. I want to be you. And she was like, I already know who you are. Take down my number. And this was at this point, like six or seven years ago. And so mm. she was like, take down my number. I shadowed her in Atlanta and we did some color commentary together. And this was before she had her program uh, with the rising media stars. But I think it's really great what it grew into because it grew into this rising media stars um, group that has bred people like Zora Stevenson, Andrea Carter, and they all went through that program. And it's really amazing to see what she's been able to do with so many women of color and, and really pouring into all of us. And I, and I know how busy I am. I can only imagine how busy she is, but she always makes time. So people like that, I love. And, and I have it in her and I have it in Roz. And I, and I also have my peers who I can call up at any time if I need guidance. That it is so, I mean, I have, I have mentors as well. Just when I made the transition from sports to, um, to real life, I had no idea what I was doing. And I, um, I end up getting some some mentors that have have done it before or had um, been with athletes that did it before. So it was so helpful, and it's just nice to have someone that's wiser that you can ask questions mm-hmm. and and just feel you. I've always felt safe that I was in the going in the right yeah. direction because I had someone to talk to about it. And and, and my parents, my mentors too. My my mom when she's not trying to be my mom, she's a really good mentor. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> oh, so I'm really curious um, about this. How in the heck did you enter a pageant, not only enter a pageant, but win Miss North Carolina International? What is that about? So <laughs> I love performing. I love being on stage and I love walking in my purpose. So all three of those combined okay. together uh, for a great queen apparently and so i obviously i'm i'm 30 and i was like okay what pageant didn't i age out of and i was like miss international let's read up on that and their whole thing is the modern woman and so you get to define what you feel is a modern woman i think i encompassed that and so i called up the director and i was like hey is it too late to enter she was like actually no and here's your local title and so i was i was able to get my hometown and i competed and you know my platform is actually see her be her so it's exactly the purpose that i walk in i never want to advocate for something that i can't advocate for daily and that that's something that i advocate for daily and it just it just so happened that it was my time to be crowned miss north carolina and I, I got it. And I it's, I just talked to Elle Smith, who's Miss USA, or 2022. It's this year's Miss USA. And I was talking to her about how that was her first pageant. And she, she won Miss USA just like that. And this is people's lifelong goals. But it's all about 
lining up alignment it's all about timing it's all about is is your purpose right for right now for the general public and that's what happened with miss north carolina international 2021 i give up my crown in april and just because i give up my crown doesn't mean that i'm going to stop walking in my purpose the crown is just a nice accessory to get people to pay attention it's just like a microphone if i'm somewhere with a microphone people are going to pay attention if i'm somewhere with a crown on people are going to pay attention the sash on people are going to pay attention the title people are going to pay attention so the whole goal is to get their attention and keep it but the platform is what's going to push it forward will you compete again are you you're not aged out of every I have aged out every single pageant on the Miss category. I don't see myself going to Miss because I realized that thankful to uh, all my online family that I don't necessarily need to compete for a title in order to get my purpose out. I'm thankful for everybody invested in women's sports that keeps pushing the game forward. I get to pour into the next generation of people that can carry on my legacy. So I don't need that shiny crown. I can use a mic, I can use my mentees, I can use the family that I've made online, I can use my friends, I can use my tribe, I can use my family in order to get that message of see her beer out and just knowing that there's a whole bunch of um, young black girls coming up that can really showcase their talents with their curly hair and their bamboo earrings and their red lip, I love that. Speaking of um, black girls, and talent. I watched your interview with Marjorie Butler on um, the YouTube mm-hmm. channel, Highlight yeah. Her YouTube channel. And I was, it really hit home because I was pre-med in college and got into med schools, but chose to go play professional basketball. But she's doing it both with Athletes Unlimited. And I was like, wow, this is, un- this is just craziness. I was born too early. I, I feel some kind of way about the about <laughs> basketball now. I, I, I I'm kind of angry because, like, first of all, the NIL, right? Like, I would have uh-huh, all the attention the game is getting now. Oh, my goodness. I would have had, like, all these Twitter followers and Instagram, whatever. Anyway, yes. I digress. Do you see Athletes Unlimited making a huge splash on the game of women's professional basketball? I think that it has such a potential to work in tandem with the WNBA. Athletes Unlimited, what they've done is they've given more opportunity. I think there's space for it, especially because players are going overseas and the way the new CBA is designed, it's not favored for overseas play. That's the whole point, to keep these players in the in the States and, and to make it so that the WNBA is lucrative enough that they don't have to go overseas. So what more perfect league? Then Athletes Unlimited right in Vegas. And you can play in front of your family. It's a rent season. You still get money. Um, you're competing. Like the way it's set up with the individual stats and the team stats, you're going to be your best self when you play because each possession counts. It literally, the, the, the slogan is every moment counts. And it truly does. And so Athletes Unlimited, I've been with them since their inception with softball in August 2020. And just seeing it grow, it's just obviously with softball and volleyball and lacrosse, it's a little different because they don't have uh, a major league that, you know, could be seen as competition, even though that's not what this is. But with basketball, the enthusiasm that the players have around it, I don't see that dying. I think that there's only going to be increased interest in it. And because of the way 
or the direction of the CBA, it just makes sense to work in tandem with the league. So hopefully there's a way to even create more spots in AU in order to, to house the players that want to stay. And then also spots for those players that want to be in um, play in a professional setting. And I, what I love about Marjorie's story, first of all, I'm thankful for you to listen to it because I think that her story is something that needs to be heard because it shows the humanity behind these players. It shows that, you know, everybody's playing for something, whether it's just simply you love basketball or, you know, you're playing for your fiance who wants who wanted to see you play basketball, who, who literally sacrificed his life to play pro and, and now you don't have him, but you find family in basketball. And so let her story be a testament that every athlete has a story. Mind you, Marjorie, she might not get the most minutes, but she has the most heart that I've ever talked to. She, her story deserved to, to be heard. And so that's, that's, she is the example of why I do what I do. She is the example of what keeps me fueled, why I wake up at bed, because I know that these stories exist with these players and each one of them is so special. And so that that is that is she is the reason. Marjorie Butler is the reason. I think those stories are also important because the mass media, mainstream, they seem to focus on the big names. And then as a mm-hmm. person looking to put, as a young person, you're like, well, I can't always relate to her. But I think people, she, Marjorie mm-hmm. was so relatable. I relate to her. I'm like, oh my goodness. If I would, if this would have been, I don't know how many years, if I was still playing, I would have been like, okay, I don't have to give up medical school to play basketball. She's she's mm-hmm. doing it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I think we need to really highlight the uh, nobodies. Well, that's a bad word for it, but the not so big name. And that's what you see. With- that's what you see with Highlighter, what I'm trying to bring to you know, all of Bleacher Report, all of Turner Sports, is because you don't need that. We have the capacity to make somebody a big name. And I tell yes. that all the time, but like we have a show, WNBA Weekly, and my segment, um, my favorite segment on it is Don't Sleep. And that's the one presented by Highlight Her. And it's the names that we wouldn't normally talk about, right? So, like, if I see this is before she got the attention, but if I see Natisha Heideman, who I've known has been the spark of the bench for Connecticut. And then she assumed the starting role, like starting spot in a couple games and has really produced, but nobody's talking about her because Connecticut stacked. They have Dewana Bonner, they have Jacqueline Jones, they have Brianna Jones, like they have Jasmine Thomas, Alyssa Thomas. But what about Natisha that's holding it down as a spark? Right. You have the mystics. Obviously the easy thing was Tina Charles when she was, you know, dropping 31 a game. But what about the Erica McCall who is the spark or, the Teresa Plaisance, who I've seen drop weight like that and get conditioned and really become a better her. Or like before Marina got put on the map, Marina Mabry who just lighted mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. from her, like she, her shot. Crazy. Obviously, we have Ricky on that team, but what about Marina? <laughs> and Sammy Wickham in New York. We have Ben Lane, We have Sabrina Unescu, but like so, uh, Sammy Wickham is the, the champion on that team. She's the yes. glue that holds it together. So it's just, it's just great for me to be able to look at these players and and really be able to be like, okay, who's not talked about and how can we talk about them? Because it's it's one thing to be like, we don't talk about such and such enough. It's another thing to actually just talk about them and say, we not have to say that we don't talk about them. Why don't we just talk about them more? So this month has been huge for women's sports. You got the, the $75 million invested into the WNBA. And then you have the women's national team winning their 
their six-year-long battle for, to get equal pay. What, what do you what do you see as the next big breakthrough for women's sports? I well, first I want to speak to those. I think the seventy five million is going to really help the WNBA with marketing. Now they have the resources to do exactly what they what we've been asking of them. So I'm really proud that they were able to raise that funding, and I hope that we can see the direct impact on that. And then the women of the U.S. Women's National Team, they they are undeniably supposed to be paid equal. Like it's just, I mean. Their success and their viewership and their sales alone proves why they need to be equal. And so a win for them is going to be a win for everybody because I feel like basketball is the same way. It's like we have a record number of Olympic gold medals, like USA basketball. That's the USA basketball is the standard. And so um, a win for US women's national team is is a win for us all because it shows that if you are excellent, you will get compensated. Um, so the hope for the future would be. Everything like that. If you're excellent in the space, no matter your gender, be compensated. <laughs> like just equal compensation, equitable um, compensation, equal salaries. Like why not? Like hopefully, more companies will buy in and invest, and really not just be like let's take a chance, let's bet. You no, know, invest, and so right, you nice. see, so we can get chicken and egg situation, and be like first the numbers or like us pouring in money. Like you need to invest in order to get the benefits of it. So that's what's next. Investment so you can reap the benefits of that and women's sports being so sustainable that it, it, it makes sense to have a professional career in it. Well, one word from you, like things blow up, you know, when how the WBA adopted your, your slogan, and like yeah what's your next big slogan i never know i don't plan these out it wasn't the WNBA is so important was never a slogan i was like let's make this viral i tweeted it out <laughs> in 2016 2017 because Slim cash was singing to people of the junior nba camp and it was like a liberty camp sponsored by the junior nba and i posted it and i said the WNBA is so important and then lisa leslie um, I was with her at some store. She was signing a ball for a kid, and I took a picture of it. WNBA is so important. Um, players would sign shoes and give them to kids. WNBA is so important. It just made sense for what was happening. Then I, um, the bench reactions were so lit, so I was like energy with four Ys. I just just ended up every time I type energy, it's always four Ys. That was my next slogan. But like, I don't meditate these slogans and like this is going to be viral. <laughs> now I'm like, uh-huh. I call it how I see it. And if it sticks, it sticks. Um, like the sky blue cat with uh, all the soccer things. Whenever something good in soccer happens, I put a blue cat or a cat flying through the blue sky and it just sticks with people. I, I don't know why it did. But there was no rhyme or reason behind it. Back then, Gotham FC was named Sky Blue FC. So I just typed in sky blue in the gyps and it popped up. And it just, it just I was like, let's make this work. Um, oh my goodness. I have no idea what my next video is, but we're going we gonna to make it take, whatever it is. <laughs> Well, I follow you on Twitter, so I'm going to see it first, so, for anybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what is next for you? What's next for Ari Chambers? I just want to keep telling player stories. I love what I do now. I want to do it. I want to do more. You know, I don't know if you've seen the All on the Table from the AU yes. space, but I want to keep doing that. I want to do more of those okay. long sit-downs because – I'm a big advocate of long form content. I love long form content. I think we've gotten a habit of 
um, quick hitters. And I don't think that that's where we need to be. I mean, yes, there's a space for it, obviously, that is proven, whatever. But people still have attention spans and, and people still have stories to tell that would take longer than 60 seconds. And that's my goal to push that. And what would be your advice to a young female athlete? Female athlete? I would say, yes. say recognize your purpose and realize your passion and, and, and really walk in that. And that's like, don't assume responsibility outside of what you have the capacity for. Some, I, I worked on this panel with um, this wonderful woman who said, instead of making sure you're you know, it was, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup or whatever. And, you know, you have that, you, you got to make sure your cup is full. She was like, I don't even pour from my cup, period. I wait, mm-hmm. I, I pour from the saucer. When you fill a cup and you keep pouring into it and it overflows, you have that excess. Yeah. That's, that's when you can top off, when you have that excess, but you have to make sure your cup is full. Not, not, not worrying about just pouring from an empty cup. You need to make sure your cup is full. And you're not pouring from your cup, period. And so, Pour from your saucer when when that's something that you're walking your purpose in when you're in doing your activity as an athlete, your sport as an athlete, do that. And whatever else comes with it, that's what you give to people. Pour from your saucer. I'm mm-hmm. a trademark that. Not your cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for the rapid fire, which I call it the overtime section. It's really unrelated, random questions. Okay have nothing to do with anything. All right, first question, and I might judge you by this. Salt or sugar in your grits? Oh my God, sugar should never be in grits. I don't know who said, who said, who said. Sugar should never be in grits in another hot take. Sugar should never be in spaghetti either. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Wait, 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 wait. Who puts sugar in spaghetti? Everybody from the South. It's so sad. I never heard of that before. (laughs) And I'm from the South, so I can say it. Does pineapple belong? Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. Oh, thank you. You're good. Uh, we can end right here, and I'm happy. All right. Who? Who was your celebrity high school celebrity crush? <laughs> can I say that people are gonna get mad at me? Are they gonna cancel me? Chris Brown? Are they gonna cancel me? Oh. That was my high school, so that's that's honest. Um, it's honest. Uh, I loved Chris Brown, and then. Um, yeah, that, that was high school slip. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. So we got canceled. That was, yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're doing so great until we got canceled. What is a hidden talent that you have? Mm, I would guess like that I'm a black belt. So sparring, I can fight really well. <laughs> Do you still fight? Do you still spar? No. No. I oh, no, you must miss it. <laughs> Not really. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next question. Candy corn, nope or dope? You've been talking to Erica too much. Candy corn is disgusting. No, no. I loved candy corn before I met her. Mm, Disgusting. Judging both of of (laughs) y'all. Okay. If you had... To eat one thing for every meal going forward, what would you eat? I'm going to change this and say drink. I can drink a soy latte with every single meal. I drink a gallon of coffee a day. That can't be healthy. I know. 
but I could be addicted oh. to worse. It's fine. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right. What person, dead or alive, would you want to sit down and have coffee with? I would say right now, Michelle Obama. But if we're going with like something that's like true to the heart, I would bring my grandparents back and have coffee oh. with them. Oh. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, what's your entrance theme song if you were a wrestler? My entrance theme song to life is Let Me Blow Your Mind by Eve and Gwen Stefani. <laughs> oh, I haven't that's heard true. that in a minute. <laughs> that is my song. That. All right. Yep. Favorite cartoon <laughs> character? so hard i'm gonna go with well since it's the top of mind right now because i just watched the reboot i'm gonna go with penny proud there's a reboot there is she's 14 now well how old was she before yeah it's very confusing because they're still in middle school but she's tall yeah i gotta watch it um favorite gatorade flavor Ah, the frost ice. Like the light blue. Okay. I like body armor. Not sponsored by them, but body armor is good. Body armor. Look, look, look. You don't get me caught up. Look. You don't get me caught up. Oh, oh well, that's right. That's right. Like, that's one of your Gatorade's one of your, your sponsors. <laughs> do you watch episodes one at a time or do you binge a whole season? I don't mind doing either, but fun fact about me, I love spoilers. So if I do watch it one at a time and you watch like to episode three and I'm only on episode one, I'm like, hey, Val, can you um, tell me exactly what happened? Like, I'm that weirdo that just loves spoilers. So please spoil it for me. What do, what do you, <laughs> um, what do you think? Okay, so I just watched all of Cheer because naturally, Cheer. I heard that was good. Um, it is great. Everybody needs Everybody to watch needs Cheer. To and it's actually like, I rallied around my girl, Jada who's on Trinity Valley um, because I think that she's amazing and a lot of people are trying to talk about her personality, you know, her being a very vocal black girl, uh, black woman. I just think that we need to really, really examine why we're so irritated by that. And so I am like team Jada. And so I, that's, that's my next project, making the world love Jada. (laughs) And when, would you rather fly or have super strength? I'm going to say at this point fly because like I'm sick of airplanes and I just want to like, actually like, can I teleport? Can I just teleport? Teleport. Yeah, that's there better. We go. That's better. <laughs> Teleportation. Would you rather travel to the past or to the future? Um, if I could have recognition or, or knowing that I can bring that memory back and just telling the people of my past what's happening now. I would love that. Yeah. I always wanted time travel and any show that deals with time travel I'm I'm into. Huh? I'm that nerd that like I was really studying time travel and knowing about the speed of light versus the speed of sound because the speed of, it's just like a whole thing. And so I used to read up that, like, I want to stay stunned age 12. I'm a huge nerd. And so like, I, I, I really am invested in the thought of time travel. All right. I should, you should go do a whole another podcast on time travel because I'm into time travel as well. You should. <laughs> I know you said you can't sing, but do you have a go-to karaoke song? 
I have a lot. Uh, I would say Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey because I know every single ad lib and um, nobody's supposed to be here, Deborah Cox. Oh, that's that's emotional. Yeah. Let me, let me the, hear I'm, I'm telling you the ad lib. Absolutely not, Val. You're not going to get me caught. <laughs> <No. laughs> You're not getting me caught here. No, no, How? no. <laughs> okay. Um, what was your last Google search? Gosh, um, my last Google search, I would say, um, I'm gonna keep it light because honestly, my last Google search was on on happening in Ukraine. But I think I was shooting on the EuroLeague stats. stats. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, who is the greatest women's basketball player of all time? Not WNBA, but women's basketball of all time. Um, I have different answers for this. So I think Cheryl Miller gave us a lot of hope on the appreciation across the the board for women's, the women's game. Lauren Jackson gave us a lot of hope with international play. Cheryl Swoops just gave us that, you know, the feistiness, that like, you know, championship mentality. Coop showed us that you can do a, be very impactful at, in a very, you know, concise amount of time. Um, Candace Parker showed us what generational impact is. And so Lisa Leslie showed us that we could be like, you know, ourselves with the ribbon and dunk. You know, it, there's so many, that's really, really hard for me. Um, but then we have the young players and I, and I think that people don't realize like NECA, who could be literally the president of the United States and then Ariel Atkins, who's like a silent Williams, who's so like, like I have so many people that I think are the greatest at what they do in the way that they do it. And that's really, really hard for me, Coach, and you're not going to get in contact here either. But um, <laughs> anybody that really pushes the envelope forward. And so those that was Cappy and her fashion and then being that, that feisty point guard. Like, there's so many people that I think are go- goaded. And I love that. And you're the goat of social media too, but it's just showing the transition and goat of transitioning from pro to to really making your own name in in a social media landscape. And and I think that's cool. Kim Hampton, goat of singing the national anthem, being a oh, yeah. player. I have so many little and and a whole herd is great. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to give you such a tough question to to end with. But uh, I had I had to ask because you you've been around the game for a while and you know the history of the game. So before if you we ask go, me, my favorite player, my favorite player in general is I, I always say Candace Parker. I just think that for my generation, she I mean she's my peer, but for my generation, mm-hmm. she meant so much to us. But she also is the older generation and the younger generation. So like I love her. I that's the hill I'm always dying on. Candace like it's a good friend of mine too, and so me being extremely biased, throwing out every other, um, you know, qualification, I'm going to, that's my personal goal. That's who made me stay in love with the game. Oh, my, my favorite is Elena Deladon. We we actually went to the same high school. I knew Elena when she was like eight years old. I used to train with her. She crossed me up when she was like nine. And then I know her. I'm good friends <laughs> with her mom too. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 I think Elena yeah. To see a healthier, <laughs> yeah. I just think that anytime you see your faves online, whether it be your fave journalist or favorite brand, just follow and support them. So, 
obviously I'm going to promote Highlight Her because that's a team of, you know, three black women who really work hard day in and day out. It's me, Gershon Williams and Jasmine Brown. And we work really, really hard to make sure that we highlight the athletes that, or, you know, culture makers that um, should be highlighted. So support Highlight Her on all social media platforms. And then I'm going to shamelessly plug myself because I, I, I really, I, I love, I want you guys to feel the love that I have in, in the work that I do. And I love sharing stories like Marjorie Butler. I love putting out pieces like all on the table from AU. I love telling you why the WNBA is so important. So Ari Ivory on all social media platforms too. And also like, the people I interact with online are great. All there's so many queens and kings and you know friends and allies that really really do the things and and I love them every single one of them. I appreciate every single one of them. So just be on Twitter and see who's in the women's basketball community because we're a special community. We sure. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and and taking time out of your busy schedule. Thank you for having me, Coach. I, this has been so fun. And I'm kind of sad that the rapid fire is in. I was having a ball. <laughs> <laughs> I love those questions. I really do because, um, I don't know, just so random. And plus, I get to learn a lot about you. And, and now that you don't eat, take sugar in your grits, like you, you use salt in your grits, I have so much more respect for you as a person. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm over here still side-eyeing you about candy corn. So you can keep the candy corn to yourself. because I, I love candy corn. It's a vegetable. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> You're gross. <laughs> well, we're in on that.